When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Deed.com slash hire. Mackie and Judd start right about now. Hi, fellas. Hello, Kenny. Uh, we, were, we were excited for a Friday show because we like write that down in game show no, Friday. that's not why. And then Get to it. late last night, I'm going around, flipping around, watching some NFL preseason games, going through Twitter. Yep. And I saw it. Our guy, Bill Michaels from the fan. Oh, yeah. In Milwaukee. Well, they never stop. We did have Packer vent line last night. Yes. Even after a Packer yes. victory. Yes. Yes. Go, Pack, go. Hey, how you doing, Bill? Great doing well, here. guys. What's up? <laughs> Good. Hey, just a quick question on our on our defense. You know, we hear a lot of talk about uh, Khalil Mack and uh, our two first rounders. What do you guys think about that? Two first? Would you get? Would you guys give up two first rounders for Kaluma? <laughs> I love, I love Packers vent line any time of year. They should just do <laughs> random ones in June. Go, Pack, go! So I was just going to ask you guys what you thought of Fakro. I mean, um, I got to tell you, for a guy, when he's not involved in a play, it, it looks like he is just taken off, and it doesn't look that physical. That he has the physicality that you really need in a linebacker um, in the NFL. Just want to hear what you guys have to say about <laughs> we got to play that again. Was that, an, was that a Jesus and yeah. an audible sigh from the host? Yes. <laughs> That's what I heard. Yeah, do, do it again. Go back to it. Right, you got to listen close. Yeah. Turn up your radios. Listen for the right. Jesus and an audible sigh from the host. Kyler Fackrell is who we're discussing. So I was just going to ask you guys what you thought of Fakro. I mean, um, I got to tell you, for a guy, when he's not involved in a play, it, it looks like he is just taken off, and it doesn't look that that he has the physicality that you really need in a linebacker um, in the NFL. Just want to hear what you guys have to say. Go, Fakro! It's amazing. sports pulp-like. He's breathing. He's like got his his mouth on the microphone and becoming more disgusted by the call. And you could just hear the sides and the. <sighs> I couldn't tell if it was Bill or Gary Ellerson. I think it was Gary. I thought the Jesus was Gary for yeah. sure. The sigh, I, who I, can't I feel really like tell. Bill. You know, Bill holds it. I think Gary gets a little frustrated. Gary, Gary will uh, will go off a little bit. Bill's a little bit more. Okay, I'm going to lean back here. I know these guys are going to throw some stuff at me. They won the game 31 to 17 last night by the way. The really? Packers were Deshaun Kaiser was great. I don't know. Go Pack, go. 
just like to take a minute to talk about Jake Coomer a little bit. It's really, you know, he's kind of the feel-good story of the camp, but I guess the thing for me is this. I was the athletic director at Jake's high school when he was in high school, so I watched him all the way from ninth grade to 12th grade playing football and got to know the family, great people, and it's just, as a Packer fan, as, as an educator, it's just awesome to see somebody grow and develop through all those years, and here he is doing a Lambo leap, you know, to see Aaron Rodgers get so fired up uh, when, when he scored. Obviously, I'd love to see the kid on the roster. I, I understand that the chances are slim, but you know what, that's Tonight, that, that was my focus, and it was just really cool to see. <laughs> I love the bearing of the lead there. I just want to call in and talk about this random guy. You know, I was uh, kind of watching him tonight. Uh, you know, I was the athletic director and uh, oversight. I pretty much coached him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's the I, story I was, I was his camp. personal physical trainer, actually, too. That's what I was. He's the story of camp. How far into camp are we? They played their first preseason. This is clearly the story of training camp so far. Not Aaron Rodgers not, yeah. ripping the organization yeah, no. and not signing a contract extension. Or melting down and, about, about the uh, cards and how his receivers did. No, the story of camp is some guy nobody's ever heard of. He's there, Mr. Mankato. He is. Do they hold training camp at Lambeau Field, or do they have a, a, do they have some other or across location? the street? Okay. Yes, yeah, they they basically do. They 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 hold hold it at their uh, the practice facility, which is the Don Hudson Center, and then the surrounding fields across the street, yeah. and then they stay at St. Norbert. So they don't go home because, so you know, Mr. God forbid you go home in Green Bay. What would their version of Mr. Mankato be then? Would it be Mr. Mr. Door County? Mr. No, because they're not Mr. near Door County. Mr. Norbert? They'd be, it'd be Mr. Ashwabanon. Mr. Ashwabanon. <laughs> Mr. Ashwabanon. Ashwabanon's the suburb that the practice facility is is in. Now, the dirty secret that the these... The Ashwabanon All-Star. Yes. Wow, there, there it is. is right there. I love the it. The Ashwabanon All-Star. Now, the dirty secret of these frauds, I'll tell you this, because there's there's one secret that they'd never want to talk about, and they're complete frauds. How much money they get from dummies who buy pieces of paper? <laughs> Including some of this building. The dirty secret of the Green Bay Packers is this. Lambeau Field is in Ashwabanon, which is a suburb of Green Bay. They rezoned to put it in Green Bay. Oh, when did they rezone? I don't know when, but I was when I covered the team, because I'm like, I live in Ashwabanon. I drive down the street. I'm still in Ashwabanon, and all of a sudden I get to Lambeau Field, and I'm in Green Bay, yeah. which which is on the wrong side of the street to be in Green Bay, and somebody said, yeah, they rezoned the entire thing at some point. So these frauds don't play in Green Bay. It's probably They're better the that way. Packers. It'd be really hard for play-by-play announcers and color comment. Like, can you imagine Tony Siragusa back in the day trying to pronounce the Ashwabanon <laughs> Packers? I, you know what though? That's where you are. Embrace where you are. Chris Myers trying to pronounce that. <laughs> no, I don't want that. Ding, ding. A swing and a grounder in the hole into right game-winning base hit. The Indians walk it off again. Brantley about to get Bob out at first base. Got him. Yes. Wow. Nice. Came back from 3-0 to strike out Bradley. I don't have any hair. I'm I don't have out. any fingernails. <laughs> that wasn't the, that wasn't Rodney's last save with the Twins, though, right? He had a couple between. That was the... That was one of Boston, right? Yeah, that was against Boston on okay. the 27th yeah. He tried to of blow July. it. Well, whatever. It was one of the last saves yeah. for Fernando Rodney. The <laughs> Twins traded him. It's a So there's the non-waiver deadline July 31st, and then you can send guys through waivers, and there's a process. And so he is traded to uh, last night. 
Uh, he's tra- he's traded for Nuke Lelouch, basically, to the Oakland A's. A guy who strikes out something like 12 batters per nine and also can't throw a strike to save his life. And recently underwent Tommy John surgery. 21-year-old Dakota Chalmers. <laughs> yeah, great name, uh, by the way. He walks seven batters per nine innings in his minor league career so far. Hasn't pitched a ton of innings. He took some time off for personal reasons in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then his elbow gave out earlier this year. And I guess my question to you is, considering Rodney... Okay, he's in his 40s, so he could go over the cliff at any point here. And some might argue that he frequently goes over the cliff in the ninth inning of games. But he has another year left on his contract if you want. It's like a $4 million or $4.5 million option. 4.25. Okay, for next year. Yes. And he has been throwaway April. He's been mostly really good for you, entertaining, and, and he usually gets out of the jams. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't have just traded him for anything. So they, they must really be interested in Dakota Chalmers' arm long term. This one, this one confuses me because you could use you could use Rodney next year because the the process of putting him through waivers makes perfect sense and and it's the smart move to do it. But there's once he's claimed, there's three options. You tell the A's he's all yours, which they weren't going to do. Yeah, you want to get something. If you you trade him or you pull him back, and at that point he can't be traded then for the rest of the year. Well, why not exercise option three? Because this kid clearly ha- has no control. They foresee him as a starter. I get, I understand completely most of what they've done here. And I like the fact that in what's been a lost season, you spend a lot of the months of late July into August accumulating prospects, okay? So I'm so the the overall plan I get I'm on board with, but in this case with, with the guy that you were certainly at one time talking about exercising the option, why not just say we're not going to trade him? This one confuses me because I don't know that the guy that they got back is going to amount to anything unless they're just trying to clear money. You know, in for case who? there's for who? Somebody out there. Who would be out there? I'm not. I'm, I'm clear on this. Wait, what's the March Madness? <laughs> on CBS. Oh, wait. What am I missing? I don't know. What are we doing here? Well, we're tra- we're playing basketball music while talking about baseball right yeah, now. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Confused. I I thought Dave clicked that. I clicked it on exit. <laughs> oh, you didn't know you. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're how old? Oh, this is. I clicked to a, I clicked to a different page, and it. That and was it, a Roycey like <laughs> moment right there, folks. My 71 year old partner, Phil uh, Mackey. He's no. looking at me like I'm the it. I'm like, am I, I thought, supposed to say something? I what? thought Dave clicked a button because I didn't think I clicked a button. I'm like, oh, what is this? What, what's happening? I thought you clicked baseball, got basketball, and that's why no. you said that to Dave no. as if the pages had gotten goofed no. up. I guess if I could click a button, it would be: Are they saving money for this off season? For I don't know, Manny Machado. That's where I thought we were going. Okay, let's just be a better place okay. to go okay. to. Much better now. Much are better. Gonna, are they going to bring in Bruce Pearl? <laughs> Maybe Zion <laughs> Williamson, a little one and done Dookie. Oh, oh, it's. Is um... there another Jones brother out there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm really glad it's Friday. Um, but this is. <laughs> I really, I really got confused there. I mean, oh and, and I thought it was just me. No, no, it's far from just you. It was <laughs> us and the seven listening. 
Oh no, it's down to five now. Uh, it's, it, it was. Yeah, I just maybe four after that. I just looked. Actually, it's down to five. Uh, I like how my favorite thing in the morning is Judd going back and forth with uh, oh. with PA on a Vikings discussion. Yeah, he he's, tweeted he, me. Royce is calling you out. He's calling you out for your. You know, he didn't call me out though. He he actually threw back his his two cents. It's sort of like doing a show. So hit. So I think it's the, a crossover the, the, show. The, it, it really is. Maybe we can make it official. I don't know. But his his point is, and I I think I agree with him. Like I. I don't think you have to play Kirk Cousins tomorrow as long as you get the work in games two through four that you want to. Mm-hmm. But what's the worst that can happen, really? <laughs> like, he could get trucked with a first-team offensive line. Could you put him out there for a series, two series, have him throw a couple passes to Stefan Diggs? Have you come off that stance yet? Or are you just completely you like, really do not just, play Kirk Cousins? Did you really just ask, as a guy who has followed the Vikings now for 28 years or so, very closely, 25 years, did you really just ask what's the worst that could happen? Let me rephrase. Thank you. What's the worst that can happen relative to any other scenario? See Bridgewater, Teddy. But that happened in practice. I understand that, but just fluke stuff. I'm just trying to protect him. I'm trying to protect the investment. Eighty-four right. million dollars, three-year investment. All I, all I'm trying. You see, Vikings fans get mad. Vikings fans get upset, and all I'm trying to do is protect their their team. I got a tweet last night from a guy who didn't like what I wrote to the point where, where he said, "Now I know why KFA fired you." And I sent him a note back. I said, "They did? I didn't know that." <laughs> so then I got a tweet back saying, "Judd's not good enough to work there." <laughs> and then I said, "Okay, guys, I'm going to sleep. Bye. See ya. Appreciate it. Thanks for chiming in." God, I didn't know I got fired. Uh, this sportscaster idol competition that we've had rocking, yep. we went through a bunch of submissions on one of the judges, and there was one, and most of them were you know, put forth your best foot and, and go on a rant, and there was one, like I went through all, however many of them were, but it was like the 15th or 16th one I went through the first night I was going through them. And within five seconds, one guy goes, just want to uh, you know, give my audition for uh, K-Fan sportscaster <laughs> idol. Like, all right. You can click that one close. I appreciate it. At least know the name of the station yeah, that you're trying yeah, to get a job at. That would be right? very nice. Yep. Yes, that would be a nice thing. I really wish more of them would talk basketball. <laughs> well, I'll try to talk twins. You know what we should do? Bleep it. We should ma- make this our baseball theme song. Reinventing the Wheel with Mackie and Judd. So it's funny. My first Coming thought was, oh, did Dave play like, is this the TBS? No. This is March Madness. Why is Dave playing that? Oh, I played it. Okay. It could have a baseball That's feel right. to I it. I drink before 9 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Like <laughs> buttons. It could have a baseball feel to it. Let's talk about the MLB trade deadline. <laughs> oh, coming up next. Oh, my God. All right. Doogie with a scoop in like an hour. It's game show Friday. Write that down. Predictions are actually going to be at 11 o'clock today because Doogie's going to bombard us in the early 10 o'clock portion. Chris Singleton, you and I both watched preseason football last night. We have, when we come back here, we're going to coin it the Exhibition Examination on Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. It may only be the preseason, but it's still football. It's time for an Exhibition Examination with Mackie and Judd. Football. Was that, did we just hit the same button or was that baked in too? Well, that was baked in. It was, it was really good timing there. We're killing it. That's right. We had, at least nationally televised, we had six hours of preseason football last night. And I, I saw other people, were you able to watch on like DirecTV or something? 
There wasn't Red Zone. No. But it seems like other people were consuming games in other markets I, that I wasn't able to watch. I um, I actually tweeted something out asking how I could find more games, and somebody said that there is uh, something that you can subscribe to online and or get Reddit, some type of package. I don't get it. But you have to, you have to pay for it? But I don't know. I don't know. But here's my here's my number one thing. Can we, if there's going to be more than five games, can we please get Red Zone in play? Like, there's no reason not to. Well, Scott, Scott Hansen was working last night. He was. He was doing NFL Access. Yeah, so why why can't we get him? Don't to, they do a preseason warm-up version of it at some I, point? They did like three last year, and I, I went to the channel when I got in studio yesterday to check, and it looks like there's going to be one. But if there's 12 games, okay. I want Red Zone. I'm with you. I give got, me red zone. Give me give me the wraparound. Give me the whole thing. I want it. I need it. They should make TVs. Maybe this is a maybe this is a an idea for TCL here. Okay, are my, are my TCL suits and connections listening? I want a TV that you can actually plug into your arm like an IV and just mainline football from the TV in 4K picture. And quality. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because you don't do drugs, but you do do football. Correct. And I'll mix football with alcohol, and uh, that's <laughs> pretty much the same thing. All right, let's go back and forth. Our exhibition examination from last night. It was our first full-on dose of NFL football. You start. We'll go back and forth until we uh, until we pass out, basically. All right. I will start with the Chicago Bears and the Cincinnati Bengals game. And I will start with the guy who's expected to take a major step for the Bears this season if they are to be far more successful than they've been of late. Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, come on down, because the Bears played the uh, Ravens in the Hall of Fame game. Trubisky didn't play in that game because they have five preseason games, but he did play last night. Two series, two of four for four yards and was sacked once. And in those two series, the Bears had one first down, which actually came on a Bengals penalty. If you're a Vikings fan, you are very happy to see if Mitch Trubisky is going to get off to a slow start. You know how I know Mitch Trubisky is not going to be a star quarterback in the NFL? How's that? Did you see the video clip from practice this week where he got tricked into signing an autograph oh, on yes. a jersey by one of his teammates? By the backup quarterback. Yeah. The backup by one quarterback of his, one went of the guys around. in the room with yes. him. Like, yes, I did see that. I feel like you have to be a little more observant than that as, a, as an NFL quarterback. So, all right. I'll stay on quarterbacks here. Exhibition examination. Tyrod Taylor is the Joe Montana for the for the Cleveland Browns, okay? <laughs> so so Tyrod Taylor in his preseason debut with the Browns went 5 for 5, 99 yards, 20 yards per throw, threw a touchdown, had a perfect passer rating of 158.3. But if you just look at Tyrod Taylor's career track record, very much average. He's not going to blow you away with like 30 touchdown passes. He's not going to put up huge yardage. He'll use his legs. He's a reliable, safe option at quarterback, right? Tyrod Taylor is one of the 25 best quarterbacks in the world. Is it safe to say that? He's not. He's not. There's like 18 or 20 franchise quarterbacks. There's another maybe five guys who are sort of unproven, like the Mitch Trubisky's. Uh And Tyrod Taylor is one of the 25-ish best quarterbacks in the world. He's not 15th. He's not 18th. But when's the last time the Cleveland Browns had, let's say, the 25th best quarterback in the world? 25 years ago? even one of the top 30 probably has been a long shot for him since they the current I'm, I'm trying to think the current edition of the Browns the expansion Browns which came back in 98 or 99 99 Tim Couch was maybe never have had that guy yeah maybe so, never I mean Kelly Holcomb I mean he started the playoff game for him right yeah Kelly Holcomb I and, and he's not so. I think Tyrod Taylor is the best quarterback they've had for sure since they came back in 1999 I told you five wins I put him on five wins I think Cleveland can win five games 
Yeah. Hugh, Hugh Jackson, I'm not sure of, but I think that their new uh, new executive staff, uh, staff and Dorsey is pretty good. I think they can win five games. Come on, football. The loss or the yeah, Los Angeles Rams. When it comes to their uh, first team offense, they're going to be in good shape. And Jared Goff, I think, might be pretty damn good. But they've made the fatal mistake that the Minnesota Vikings made in 2016 when they went to camp with Teddy as their starting quarterback and Sean Hill as their backup. And you said to yourself, hold on a second, quarterbacks get hurt if Teddy gets hurt. And, of course, he got hurt very badly. And then in week one, they had to start Sean Hill and trade a first-round pick eventually for Sam Bradford. Jared Goff's backup played last night. He started. This is his backup. So this is not this is not some third, fourth-team guy. This is the guy yeah. who would replace Jared Goff. Sean Mannon, Mannion, is that right? Third round pick of the Rams out of Oregon State in 2015. Listen to these statistics. So this is a guy who started for them. So this is, okay, let's go, let's, let's, in preseason game one, go worst case scenario, what would happen? Sean, three of 13, 16 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. Um... The, the Vikings the Vikings since 2016 at least have gotten smart, right? Keenum, we didn't think was going to be great, but we thought, okay, there's a guy who, if if he has to play, which he did quite a bit, is not going to be a disaster. Simeon's a guy that we think, okay, you don't want to start him, but if you have to play him, you're not just going to be dead. Mm-hmm. The L.A. Rams have done exactly what the 2016 Vikings have done, which is have the hubris to assume that their starting quarterback's not going to get hurt. Do you really want this clown playing if Jared Goff gets hurt? <laughs> it's clown. There's the, there's that clown word. I love that word. But uh, seriously, do you yeah. want? I mean, do you want to put this guy in there? I think part of the problem is. I guess if you're a contending team, you should go out of your way to spend a little more on a viable backup quarterback. I do like the fact that the Vikings brought in Simeon, that they had Case Keenum, so they've done a better job lately of of planning for those scenarios. But there's not that many great. I, actually, let's move on to mine here because <laughs> you probably got one because I've got an observation for you from uh, from from the Giants Browns game last night. So Eli Manning went four of seven. He, you know, he, whatever he was out there, he was alive. I believe Davis Webb is the backup quarterback for the New York Giants. You are correct. So if the Giants, and I think the Giants have a chance to make some noise in the NFC with Pat Shermer as their head coach. So two things off this game. Number one, Saquon Barkley, is he the next incarnation of famine, famine, feast to Adrian Peterson? Four carries for 43 yards, but 39 came on one explosive run, and the others were sort of banging his head against the wall. But that was fun. That 39-yard run was fun to watch. But if you're the Giants, this is a great example of you got a Hall of Fame, borderline Hall of Fame caliber starting quarterback. And I watched Davis Webb. Watching these preseason games gives you such an amazing appreciation for top-notch quarterback play. This dude's out there, no pressure at times, wide open receivers, overthrowing them by like 5, 10 yards. One of the announcers, and I think they had local announcers calling these games. They do, yeah. And um, and and one of them was saying he's just got to recalibrate a little bit. Got to re- recalibrate his uh, his his touch there. It's like I I don't know, man. <laughs> if it's a preseason game and uh, you're missing dudes by ten yards, I don't know if like you're not going to recalibrate to be a top quarterback. What's recalibrating going to do for you? So at that I, point? I guess general observation: the backup quarterbacks in this league, the good ones that are reliable are few and far between. Right. And there's maybe only five to eight to maybe ten teams that feel like, okay, like the Jets probably feel like, we got three decent options here. We could go with Bridgewater, McCown, whatever. 
the Vikings feel like, all right, Trevor Simeon's played a couple seasons in the NFL and started some games. But there's a lot of teams like the Giants that if Eli Manning goes down and Davis Webb has to come in, you're sunk. You're one in 15. You're absolutely sunk. Yes. Football. Davis Webb sounds like a golfer name, too. Yeah, it does. It Maybe does not he's sound in the like wrong sport. It, it's not, you know what? It sounds like it could be a QB, but it's not really a football name. Yeah. Like, like you couldn't be Davis Webb, offensive tackle. You'd be like, no, you're you not. You could be a kicker, Davis Webb, you or a punter. Be. Davis Webb is a punter. And I feel name. like quarterback can, can get by, but it's really not a football name. If you're an offensive lineman, it's just Dave Webb. Yeah. It's Dave yep. Webb. Yeah, yeah, because if you show up in that room and be like, uh, what's your name, kid? Uh, D- Davis. Oh, it, D- D- David? No, Davis. No, I'm saying like if I'm yeah. if I'm his teammate, right. I'm like, oh, what, is it David? Have I, you ever thought about changing your name to Davis? I have not. Although uh, one of my grandmothers has always called me Davis. Why? It's not my on, name on accident. I, no, it's just she liked it and thought it was a fun nickname. So it's hey not, there, Davis. It's not a nickname. She doesn't know your name. No, I think she does. <laughs> Grandma doesn't it's know. It's not. That's not a nickname. She honestly, your own grandmother didn't know your name. I like the idea personally of Davis Love as an offensive lineman. You can't get to the quarterback because you're caught in the web. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Football. Eight arms coming at you. That's this movie just holds on every play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to stick with quarterbacks here. Andrew Luck didn't play last year. Uh, had a shoulder uh, surgery a couple years back, and we have long wondered if Andrew Luck can come back, and if he does, how he's going to be. Well, he came back last night, and guess what? He was pretty damn good. In his brief appearance in last night's preseason game, 6 of 9 for 64 yards and led two scoring drives. The Indianapolis Colts, as as dysfunctional as they can be, and, and for the Colts, as poor as they can be at times on defense, if Andrew Luck comes back and recaptures the way that he is capable of playing, they become a viable playoff uh, contender. Yeah, it was good to see Andrew Luck back. It was also good to see Andrew Luck's uh, fake Twitter account back last night too. The like the eighteen hundred Civil oh, War love, soldier. Andrew oh, I Luck. love that one. Yeah, he's been providing updates for a while, yeah. for quite a while now. It's one of the best Twitter accounts out there. <laughs> Captain Luck, I think. We Captain call it. Luck, yeah. <laughs> I'm back. Dear, on, dearest mother, he tweeted about being back on the battlefield last night, firing with his sidearm. <laughs> Football. <laughs> Uh, exhibition examinations from last night. A full slate, or almost a full slate of NFL games. The Eagles clearly have a Super Bowl hangover, Judd. Not sure if you saw. The Eagles still fat and happy off that win here in the Twin Cities. They get drubbed 31-14 to by a big ben Steelers team and turn the ball over three times. I would say this about, I'm tongue-in-cheek with last night's result because it doesn't matter that neither team played starting quarterbacks. But I wouldn't be so sure about putting the Eagles in the playoff bracket in in stone. Like I wouldn't they're they're not going to fall off the map. They're not going to go 6 and 10 or anything like that, but right. Dallas probably bounces back. That division could be decent, yeah. The Giants are looking to win this year. Yeah. Uh Washington with Alex Smith, you got to think that they're going to be at least somewhat formidable. And then the the rest of the NFC, it's not like the Eagles are going to cakewalk through their schedule in the Wentz, NFC. When does Carson Wentz play, do we think? I don't know if they've said it. Have they set an official timeline? I don't know. but that, that's Not a, week one, right? That's the one to me that's going to be interesting to watch play out because if Carson Wentz has to be out for a while still and Nick Foles takes a step backwards, that's not going to be shocking. Yeah. So I, I feel like a lot of people are just like, oh, the Eagles are going to, yeah, they're back in the Super Bowl and they're uh, back in the playoffs. Uh-huh. I don't think it's that simple in the NFC this year. So Football. All right. I saw this 
on Twitter via a few sources last night, and it was glorious. Did you guys happen to see the the low light from the Panthers Bills game where Matt Khalil gets absolutely destroyed? No. Uh, I swear. (laughs) I I think the caption was, and I'm told Matt Khalil is 100% healthy. Yeah, yes, that's exactly it. Um, The Bills defensive end ran by him, and Matt Khalil looked like me trying to block, which is not unusual. We've seen this before. But Judd Athlete Challenge idea. Good good luck, Cam Newton, this season. Because Matt Khalil is in mid-season prime form. Did he fall over, or what, was he just like jabbing he, at air? He just sort of he just sort of watches the guy go by, and it's so quick that it's like he's a spectator to the game. There was a lot of stutter steps. I think the guy he thought he was going to go around him, but then he cut back underneath, and Khalil brushed his shoulder pad, you know, lightly. It's like he's please, sir, please stop, sir, <laughs> sir, sir. Could you you have to stop for you, oh, my quarterback. Oh my God. Well, Matt Khalil and, and sitting, sitting on like 30 mil guaranteed still because that contract's only one year old. Good for him. Come on, football! And uh, my final exhibition examination is the one that got away. Taylor Heineke, former Vikings backup quarterback, former strong Mr. Mankato contestant, seven of nine last night for a buck 21 and a touchdown for Carolina, a 155.8 passer rating, and the Vikings let him walk. What is going Vikings on? let him go. MBT's in away. Toronto tearing things up, right? I, I told you that last week. He's an Argonaut. Heineke in or, Carolina. Teddy playing for the Jets tonight. All of these Minnesota quarterbacks. I am I am actually interested because that, that Jets game is on NFL Network, I believe, around 5.30 or 6 o'clock. I am very interested in watching Teddy Bridgewater. He's not going to start, is he? He'll probably be a second-half guy. I don't know. That's a really good question. He could start. Hmm. I could see that. Depends on what they want to do with How are you going to tell the gal tonight, <laughs> honey, 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 you don't understand. It's Friday night. I know you want to go do something, but you do realize Teddy and the Jets are on. Teddy and the Jets. I don't tell her. I do with the, you know, those commercials where the guy's watching football. He's on a date and he's watching football in his lap. Oh, you're going on the road. Yeah, I'll just, I just use my mobile device. Okay, I got it. I'm sorry. I'll just stream NFL Network and I'll, I put it in my lap and. Yeah, I just Pretty sort of I nod every ten seconds to acknowledge that yes, I am. There is a conversation. This is happening. very important. Yep. Are you listening to me? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, go. I'm huh? going to break up with you. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. yep. No question yep. about Woo, Teddy. No question about it. <laughs> mm. um, all right, let's come back. Let's let's actually do something similar here when we come back. Things that will keep us interested in the Twins the rest of the year, or things that we we have a checklist of things that we'd like to judge and see before the Twin season comes to an end. Also, Doogie with a scoop here in about 45 minutes. Chris Singleton, we have Write That Down predictions and an accountability session at 11 o'clock. And it's Game Show Friday. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. All right, real quick, Captain Andrew Luck Twitter account. All right, if you're on Twitter and you're not following Captain Andrew Luck, highly worth highly worth uh, the follow. So he he tweets things. Every tweet is dearest mother, dearest mother. It's Andrew Luck. It's like a picture of Andrew Luck with a Civil War beard and then a Civil War. It looks good actually. Like generals. It looks like him. Jacket. Like he should look. Soldier, Colt, simple man, and and destination or or, or location marching. Yep. That's <laughs> great. Dearest mother, I write you a renewed man. I stood upon the battlefield once more, and the feeling was glorious. I used my sidearm multiple times with great success. The engagement may count for nothing, but the victory has emboldened the men. I am filled with hope. Andrew. (laughs) Sidearm. 
I'm going to keep going. I'm just yeah. going to read these. Yeah, he going. tweets like every couple days. Dearest mother, the unit has reached the outskirts of Hawks of the Sea Territory. We shall set camp for today with plans to battle tomorrow. I am more eager than when we are than when we await the crops to come in. I'm ready. My resolve mighty. Give the chickens my best. I love you, Andrew. <laughs> Dearest mother, I have received your care package of salted sparrow knuckles, dried skunk bites, and of course, squirrel oil. The unit will begin its march tomorrow to confront the hawks of the sea. Oh. I will finally see battlefield action. Do not fret. I will be cautious. Andrew. <laughs> he follows two accounts. The Colts and Ken Burns. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Perfection. Yes. Ken Burns. That's about as good a use of Twitter as you could possibly get. Dearest mother, today I again report for basic training. This is from July 25th. Yeah. Today, again, I report for basic training. I feel I am more well prepared for the battles ahead than I have been for some time. I shall fire my sidearm in abundance, and it will be marvelous. My heart is glowing, my neck beard full, and my resolve strong. <laughs> how do you how do you suppose you even think this up to? You see the beard and like with your like, buddies, you say, gosh, he looks like a civil and now war he's got, general. Yeah. Hey, and it just it goes from there, I guess. I'm gonna keep going back here. When, when did he have when did he get shut down? Oh, a couple of years ago now, right? Or no, he got shut Last down. Year, right? I, year ago in the summer, I think. Dearest, this is from December 18th. Dearest mother, the unit marches to Baltimore to battle a flock of pesky ravens. This shall be the penultimate battle of the campaign for our unit. The men welcome it, winding down. I can almost smell the air of our farm. Soon. Andrew. <laughs> I need to find the shutdown one. I can't. I'll go back and find it there. Oh, that's pretty genius. Captain Andrew Luck, if you're looking for a good laugh. <laughs> couple Yucks. Yes. You know. All right. What are some things that you have on your checklist yep. for if you're if you're doing an audit of the Minnesota Twins here? Okay, yep. you're not going to win the division. You're not going to go to the playoffs. What are what's it? What's an audit checklist for you? Things that you need to see as you pull down your reading glasses to to look at the Twins roster and the state of the Twins before the end of the year. Now, in doing so, so in putting myself in the shoes of Derek Falvey, the one thing I eliminated was uh, Sano and Buxton. Just because we've talked about him so much, so we know we know that if they come back and play well in 2019, it's enormous, and if they don't, it's a huge problem. All right, so I took those two out. So I'm going to give you three things that I think need to be evaluated and looked at that don't involve those two players. Okay, here's my first one, and this is the guy who has flown because of the lack of success of of Buxton and Sano. He's flown under the radar pretty consistently. But he's very important. And here's my question about him. Who is Max Kepler? Like, what? who is he? Got off to a good start. He struggled. And now now last year, last year against left-handed pitching, he hit 152. All right? So you said to yourself, okay, if he comes back in 2018 mm -hmm. and he can hit left-handed pitching, he's going to be in really good shape. His splits right now for this year, he is hitting 263 against southpaws. So respectable. Very respectable. 221 against right-handers. Yeah. So so my top thing is because I've got I've got potential corner outfielders coming up. My number one thing is to figure out is this guy a long-term fix here? Is he not? Are are his problems fixable? Because I like him and when he's playing well, 
He can be fantastic. Yeah. But the inconsistency and, and the fact that his splits have changed so much caused me concern. So I, he's on my list, too. He's been a lot better in the last month. I mean, he, there was a point where his batting average was about to dip below 200. So he's getting on base at a respectable clip. He's getting on base at a 325 clip. He's going to wind up with 20 home runs, a you know, decent on-base percentage, and he's a really good defensive outfielder. So he's a guy that I'm comfortable. This version of him, I'm even though it's flawed and you're waiting for him to break out, I would still put him in the lineup for next year. But I would also make note of the things that you did, which is you got dudes like Brent Rooker knocking on the door and Alex Kirilov is going to be up at some point, maybe late next season. Mm -hmm. And so how much more upside is there? Is there a guy inside somewhere, Max Kepler, who can hit 30 home runs or who can get on base at a much higher clip? I think there's more to him. I don't think he's reaching. When you when you look at Robbie Grossman, you say, okay, that dude's kind of maxed out, yeah, right? All right, he's, he's going to take some good at-bats, but you can't really put a glove on him. Right. When I'm when I watch Max Kepler, I see, wow, there are stretches where that's a middle of the order bat that you could really ride throughout the course of a season. And defensively, he can be solid. Correct. Now, now my question, my question though revolves around this: if I if I maintain that there's an upside there, but it's not sky high, I probably trade him. Yeah, I I think he could be a trade gem. Yeah, it, it's so hard to know what other teams think of a guy like that, too. I would be much more likely to trade from my corner outfield stash than from my shortstop stash because there's just you, you can find corner outfielders. Yep. And the only other thing I'll say is the fact that he's hitting lefties, to me, is a really good sign. And I, I just expect that, okay, at some point he's going to go back to hitting right-handed pitching again, too. That He just had this weird first half of the season where he couldn't hit right-handed pitching. It's, I, it's sort of inexplicable. Uh, it's the reverse of what almost every other hitter in baseball would would look like from a platoon split standpoint. And what he so did last year, exactly. I'm still bullish on Max Kepler. All right, the number one thing maybe on my checklist right now, and we're not counting Sano and Buxton because we've spent hours talking about them, and we know that those are the most important things. You want to see what those guys look like. But now that they've traded away Ryan Presley and Fernando Rodney is no longer this team's closer. He is uh, now with the Oakland A's as of last night. And Addison Reed is here for one more season, but he's not a long-term guy. And he's kind of struggling this year. I need to know who my go-to firefighters are at the end of games. Are there guys on the roster right now? Are there guys who might come up between now and the end of the season who I trust when there's a one-run game in the seventh inning and there's two runners on base and I'm facing Edwin Encarnacion or Francisco Lindor? Not that there are many pitchers in the world who fare well against those guys anyways, right. but I mean, who are my guys that I go to in those close games at the end? Because Trevor Hildenberger, I like... But Trevor Hildenberger seems more like maybe a third guy on that list. If you're ranking, okay, firefighters, one and two, and then you start to go to the middle. You know who my, my guy is right now that I at least try out in that role? Trevor May. Yeah. I give Trevor May a fighting chance. He's got the role. velocity. Yes. I think he has the mindset, too. He's mm -hmm. He seems very bulldoggy and sort of cliche way to describe him. But, yeah, I like Trevor May in that spot, too. As far as other guys... Alan Buzenitz has been up and down, but he hasn't had much success. And he's had he had some success last year in the big leagues, but there's obviously something about him that they don't love, or he'd be up here. He's 27 years old. Are there other dudes who might pop up at some point with big arms that you can rely on? All right, man, you're facing the Indians, and Jose Ramirez is at the plate. You gotta you gotta find something in your bag of pitches to to make this work. So, all right, what else do you got? Uh, my second one is. Is Jorge Polanco my opening day shortstop in 2019? Now, I think he will be, 
But I, I think you have to now say that, that he's back from the suspension. Is this guy a shortstop for a while? Is he a second baseman? Is he is he a guy that, that you want to try and trade? So so basically now now that he is steroid free, I want to I want to sit down, watch him, and say, is Jorge Polanco the guy that we saw in the first half of 2017, which was pretty atrocious and had some problems too? Is he the guy that we saw in the second half of last year who was pretty damn good and could hit for some power? Is he a combination? So you. You've certainly got some some shortstop options coming up, uh, and I want to figure out, is this guy a legitimate, everyday type of player? Is he a utility guy? Is he a second baseman or what? So so this gives you at least a big enough sample size yeah. to, sit, to sit down and say, this is going to give us a chance to make a judgment on a guy who was, who was really bad for a half, really good, and then got pinched for steroids. Yeah, I think no matter what, he is your starting shortstop to begin the year, but then the question beyond that is, Okay, where where does he fit in once once Royce Lewis starts to really knock on the door? Nick Gordon would be another one. You'd like to see him start hitting more consistently at AAA. Nick Gordon might not be quite the fast track guy we thought when he was hitting 330 at AA a couple months ago. Right. He's uh he's ran into into the weeds a little bit in AAA. Uh the the other thing that I I'll add another one to the list here and it hasn't happened yet, but he's on a rehab assignment and he will pitch in the major leagues before the end of the year. Michael Pineda mm. at one point about 5 years ago was one of the best pitchers in baseball. And then I believe he had some shoulder problems. He may have had shoulder, like severe shoulder surgery that knocked him out for a year and a half or two years. Came back with the Yankees. Really tough ballpark to pitch in. Tough environment to pitch in. Coming off major surgery, too. He was fine. He wasn't dominant and spectacular. But now that he's coming off another major surgery, this time Tommy John surgery, it, it gives me a little bit more hope for him that he came back from the shoulder surgery, which is oftentimes the career-ending stuff that pitchers run into, and so that proved to be not career-ending. And elbow surgery is generally not career-ending, and he's coming back from that. So can he come in and maybe not be the guy he was five years ago, but can Michael Pineda come in? He's under contract for like $8 million next year and be a reliable rotation option for you. And we're going to get a look at him either as a reliever or a starter, I think, in September. So they've already got their free agent acquisition it's michael pineda for for next year at least they're like their bargain bin guy my last one and this is this is i i want clarity as soon as possible and the one thing i do not want this to do and i I don't know exactly how it's going to go but the one thing i do not want this to do is drag out for months and months and months while there's far like indecision about it joe mauer's future what is what does he want because i am convinced that the poll ads are going to come to go to to Falvin and essentially say if he wants to come back he can okay and that's I get that and if that's the mandate I might not be a huge fan of that but that's what they're going to say mm-hmm. I, I think so with that being said I think what you need to do is sit down ASAP and you need to say okay Joe what do you want do you want to come back if you do be and and then and then from there Phil I think you go about crafting the plan because there's a, a very good chance that that if he's going to come back, first base is going to have to be at least shared. So, it's especially with Machado be, at third base, it's going to be yeah. hard to find first base reps for. Joe. So, this is not going to be a situation where where he just comes back and plays all the time. So, I want I want clarity as soon as I can get it about what Joe wants and and how that's going to look. Is it going to be a one year contract? Is obviously not going to be for a ton, but the clarity of that because the last thing I want to do is get to late January and still not know and have Joe saying, well, geez, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, it would be it would be really interesting to see if the twins close the door 
Well, it'd be interesting to see if the twins closed the door. If he said, I want to come back, and they said, I'm good. I, I don't. Yeah, that, I don't that's really sensitive and probably involves the owner. And, and you know, I don't think they will. Uh, and if and if there was a mutual parting of ways, would he go play somewhere else? I think it's twins or retirement. I would agree with that. And I if, think, it, if it was something else, he would have. He, he'd be more open, I think, to waiving a no trade clause here in, this year. And it sounds like he's not really. Yeah. But that conversation is still going to be had in the next three weeks. I'm sure. Well, I just once that's done, I want to know what's your plan. And I don't want the the worst thing that they could do is say, Joe, you know what? It's been great. It's up to you, and and call us when when you've decided. I need him to decide. Yeah. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Write that down. Predictions in about an hour and fifteen minutes. Doogie with a scoop in less than a half hour. Registration is underway for the 37th edition of the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon, running from downtown Minneapolis to the state capitol grounds in St. Paul. It's happening Sunday, October 7th. Accomplish a bold feat while savoring the scenic beauty as two cities cheer you on. Run the most revered event in Minnesota running. It's the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword, events. All right, let's throw it back to Dave Harrigan, who's sprinting across the hallway down down to the other end of the building for the PGA <laughs> Championship wow. update desk. Uh, hang on, I need a drink of water. <laughs> yeah, he's he's Flash Gordon. Okay. Flash Harrigan. Okay. Bolts down the hallway. Kevin Kivsner. Kevin Kivsner. He leads the field. Seven under par four under for the round so far today. He's through seven holes. Right behind him, you will find Gary Woodland, the leader after the first round. He is at six under par even for the day. At five under, you find a group of a few guys, including Ricky Fowler, who's yet to tee off today. But he's joined by Zach Johnson, Francesco Malinari, and Brandon Stone all on the course. Adam Scott, Joaquin Neiman. At four under par, and we go from there. DJ three under, so he could be making a move here. He's just even for the day, halfway yeah. through the round. I got to think this is a. I'm not a big golf strategy expert guy, as a, as a dude who struggles to break ninety myself. But I got to think that uh, soft conditions and DJ mix pretty well here, because he can hit the ball farther than anyone. He can. He hits that high shot to the greens, and not a shock that. Dustin Johnson. What time does your guy tee off? 1.48 is the time for Tiger, Rory, and Justin Thomas. So we went, we we rode the emotional gamut on the Thursday show here. Well, let's bring Inter Max into the mix here because as as much of a diehard Tiger Woods fan as I am, and and I I grew up watching the beginning of Tiger Woods' career. Max was born at the beginning of Tiger Woods' career and is still a diehard fan. And it's funny because he walked into the studio this morning and he goes, you know, I, this is the most like calm I've ever felt yeah, about. No, I'm just like at emotional <laughs> arm's length. At one point I looked in there. I think it was when Tiger birdied to get back to even par. Yeah. And he's literally staring at his device with with both arms clutched as fists <laughs> up to his chin, like pumping his fist yeah. with his eyes wide open. But yes, he's detached. Yes, but yes. he's completely emotionally detached. <laughs> it's 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 I've been cursed. It's just I've I've been a diehard. I live and die by every shot. It's just something I have to deal with. You know, like a lot of people deal with their struggles. That's one of my issues. Tiger constantly coming up short. So anytime something good happens, I have those emotions. See, and this is where I wish I wish he would have caught the first part of his career because you're a Tiger Woods fan and like 2000, he's winning every single tournament he plays in and by 10 strokes. Yeah, so I mean, there's like, like no doubt that so, he was winning tournaments. So, you saw, saw when, when you started to watch him, what part of his career was my he in? My first by then? memory of Tiger was yeah. sitting in my uncle's basement at Easter, 
and he hits that chip in at the Masters. And then uh, my favorite memory is the 2008 U.S. Open. That Saturday when he made a huge run, he made like a e couple eagles on the back. That was on the broken leg, right? That was yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are my two like fondest oh, so you memories. Got, so you got a couple of doozies, and that was about it. Yeah, I mean, okay. I remember some of those PGA championships he won, but he he dominated those. So yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't go that far back. I don't remember. So you, much, do you but. ever do you ever watch when like during the golf off season during the I don't know like December when the Golf Channel will air the two thousand Pebble Beach U.S. Open, oh, yeah. right? And I, Tiger's up by 15 strokes in his baggy red shirt. I I, I will go on YouTube to this day, type in, like, 2001 Memorial Tournament when he beats Phil Mickelson, and I'll, like, watch that whole final round. But you're round detached right now. But you're, you're at an arm's length right now, Max. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally detached, yeah. Nothing can affect you when he, it comes to Tiger Woods. So, so Max is to Tiger Woods and old golf tournaments like... Matthew Collar is to old football games. He'll just go on YouTube and yep. watch a, a, a Houston Oilers game from 1987. 1975. He'll yeah. go watch a Raiders game yeah. with Kenny Stabler, quarterback. So, all right. So, what what time is that tea time for Tiger again? Central time? One something? One forty eight. All right. So we'll have all afternoon to Perfect. Max. You and I can live and die all afternoon. Go get my blanket. David, sit on the couch. Dave and I'll be far away, and yeah. that'll be just fine. Um, we ordinarily do write that down predictions and an accountability session at 10 o'clock, but because we have Doogie in here uh, in about 15 minutes or so, we're going to, and he needs some space to explore, we're going to push write that down Darren? until 11. Doogie helps us create baby segments with his <laughs> long segments. Uh, so we'll do write that down predictions around 11 o'clock. Chris Singleton on Twins and Major League Baseball. It's a game show Friday. Mackie and Judd here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN. You can make a big difference in the life of a child. For just a few hours a month, you can volunteer as a big brother or big sister, doing the types of things you already love, like watching a movie, playing basketball, taking a hike, or even trying a science experiment. Big Brothers Big Sisters will provide ideas, activities, and guidance along the way. Visit bbbs.org to learn more about becoming a mentor. Right now, hundreds of kids are waiting for someone just like you. Make a big difference in their life and yours. Visit bbbs.org today. Go big. Brought to you by Federated Insurance. It's their business to protect yours. Hey guys, take notes. School is starting up and it's time for the Sport Clips Haircuts Head of the Class giveaway. You could win awesome prizes like a razor blade laptop, mouse, keyboard, and more. Just in time for classes, homework, and the fun in between. Did you get all that? Register for your chance to win at sportclips.com slash back to school and go straight to the head of the class with an MVP experience. So check in online today. Sport Clips, it's your hair's year. No purchase necessary. 50 USDC, age 18 plus, ends 824.18. This is Michael from the Red Cow family. We are committed to supporting local